Good morning. Uh, my name is Art Druckenmiller. Um. And this is my uh, <laughs> my granddaughter, Madeline. Go ahead, say hello. Hi. Uh, we are going to do a message. I'm actually going to do two messages uh, on the Apostle Paul, coming from Acts primarily. Uh, this one today is uh, starting out with his salvation and then some general comments about Paul. But uh, my granddaughter Madeline is with us today because uh, she's always really appreciated Paul and Paul's ministry. And so she's going to say a few words by introduction here this morning. So, uh, Madeline, you're uh, but let me let me just say a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this morning. And Lord, we want to honor you today. So we ask that the meditations of our heart, our words be acceptable in your sight this morning, our strength and our redeemer in Jesus name. So, Maddie. um You've, uh, you're, you're 16, you're a junior in high school, but you've already read the Bible through. And so, uh, why is, why is, uh, the ministry, the story of Paul always been really special and one of the special people in your lives from the Bible? Um, I think this is the case with a lot of Bible characters, but Paul especially, his is a story of like a man who was persecuting Christians, and was so against Jesus and Christ followers, and yet he somehow managed to, through the grace of God, be knocked onto the right path. And then he ended up writing, you know, half of the New Testament. Like someone with such a, um, like, list and, like, tragic backstory in a way was able to become such a great, like, important figure in the Christian faith and write some of my favorite books of the Bible. Awesome. So uh, why do you think why do you think the Lord uh, picked Paul for the special assignment? Um, I, I remember I wrote I had to answer a question about this for school a few months ago um, when we were learning about Roman civilization. Um, Paul, I feel, was kind of like the perfect fit because, like I said, you know, God always uses broken people to do His work. Um, but also, Paul, as a teacher of the law and a Pharisee. He, like, was already trained in, like, ways of speaking as to, like, make it easier to understand, like, religious teaching. He already knew how to do that. So when he finally, you know, learned the gospel, he already had the ability to use his words in a way that would better spread it to everybody. Well, that's good. I hadn't really thought about that aspect of it. Paul had uh, such gifts that he'd used growing up. He didn't know how he was going to use it in the future. So how how does this... uh, how does this relate to your life in terms of you see your life for the future? Um, it's like God gives you gifts and you he like you have to find a way to use your gifts in a way that glor- like glorifies him because he's the one that gave them to you in the first place. Amen to that. So really, shouldn't you be praising him with your gifts, like using what he's given you and being thankful for it and making the best use of it? And I think that's how I... That's how I take his. Wow. That's awesome. I'm going to keep you here let you speak, cover the rest of it. Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> Love you. Love you, too. All right. Um, well, that's one of our grandchildren, and just thank you that uh, she's on the faith path today. Um, I... Uh, going to go through it really really starting with um, after I say some things uh, really go to Acts um, chapter chapter um, 
9. And um, uh, you know what? You're going to have to excuse me for just a second because I forgot to grab my Bible. I'm sorry about that intermission. I forgot my 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 sword. It was upstairs. I'm downstairs today. So, um, Paul's conversion is really the uh, primary part of Acts chapter nine. The uh, first time we actually hear about Paul in Acts is Acts chapter seven. Um. Paul, as far as I can tell, is the only person in Acts who was confronted directly by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Everybody else that we hear about, the uh, uh, Ethiopian eunuch, uh, Cornelius, and, and many others in the Bible, in Acts, all the others, uh, God used, he used an instrument. He used one of us to present the gospel. So that's an important lesson to us right there. That we have to be ready at all times to be used of God to present the gospel to someone that he puts in front of us. So uh, quite often we think about Paul, just as Matty had mentioned, he's written about half of the New Testament. So we have a tendency of uh, thinking Paul is really special. But really, when you come down to it, he was just another servant. He was a human just like you and I, and he was a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, uh, we have a tendency of putting people like Paul on a pedestal. And when we do that, quite often they fall off and we're disappointed. So we have to be careful about putting any person that we love and admire and appreciate their ministry. And I think Rick would agree with that. Rick has done a great job in the into all our lives, and uh, yet he's human like we are, and he just wants to be treated just like another human, respect. And uh, But the only special person is the God-man himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's provided the way for us to have a relationship with him. Um, Paul knew his assignment from the time, and we're going to talk more about the, the his salvation in a minute. But uh, as soon as uh, Jesus confronted Paul, and then he had the uh, opportunity to meet in Damascus with Ananias, which we'll talk about. But it came out very quickly. Um, Jesus told told them he said that Paul's going to be a special instrument to bring the gospel to kings and to Gentiles. And to the Hebrew people, too. 
But then as we get into Paul's many times, well, not many, but several times in Paul's writings, he tells us um, who he was called to minister to. So, for instance, uh, Galatians 2, 7 will tell us that uh, he says, I was called to minister to the to the, the to the uncircumcision, the Gentiles, whereas Peter was called to minister. His primary assignment was to the Hebrew people, the circumcision. But yet it's interesting, even though Paul recognizes his assignment primarily to the Gentiles, Peter is actually the one that's recorded as actually having uh, uh, had the opportunity to bring to to be the one that, he, that God used in Cornelius's life, the first Gentile that we know of actually coming into the kingdom. Um, and, and Paul. Um, Uh, a number, a couple of other statements about Paul before we get into it. In, in Galatians 1.25, he said he was called to fulfill the word. And I wonder about that sometime. Is, um, is that fulfilling the, the books that, that went into the New Testament uh, or the, 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 the mysteries that God brought to us through Paul? Um, or is it actually Paul fulfilling the word in his own life? And then also uh, in at several places in First Timothy and one and two and Second Timothy, Paul also talks about the fact he's the apostle. He's an apostle to the Gentiles, a preacher, and a minister to the Gentiles. So he's one who uh, really understood his purpose, his calling, uh, once he came to know the Lord. And that's so important for us to always be looking for the Lord to to reveal to us our purpose and how He's using us in our lives. Now we get to. Um, um, chapter 9 of Acts. I'm going to read uh, part of the chapter in two different parts. So if you have your Bible with you, and we're Acts chapter 9. I'm using the New King James Version here. Uh, then Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that, that if, he, if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone round about him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you persecute, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. Um, so here we have Paul being confronted by the Lord Jesus Christ himself uh, on the way to Damascus. In fact, if we go back the first time we actually see Paul, uh, here Paul, of course, he was known as Saul. Uh, the first time we see Saul in the uh, 
in the book of Acts is when Stephen is stoned in Acts chapter 7. And there he was the coat man. It just says he was guarding the coats of those that took their coats off who actually were involved in stoning Stephen. Um, something I often wonder about, the fact that's the first we heard of Saul. He obviously had been a, been a Pharisee for many years and he was a grown man. So uh, I often wonder... Um, was Paul not a, not present when the Lord when our Lord was crucified? It's just a question I wonder about, because he certainly was alone and knowledgeable at that point in time, because these scenes of Acts are not that long after the crucifixion of Jesus. Um, and then also, at the end of that chapter, or at the beginning of chapter eight, we find out that uh, there's persecution has come now to to the saints in Jerusalem. And Paul is part of that because in chapter 8 it tells us that with Paul raising up, he was raising all kinds of havoc among the brethren, so, or among, yeah, among the believers. So he was actually now actively involved in persecutions. So when we come to um, uh, chapter 9 then, Paul now has letters to go to Damascus and bring people bound, both men and women, back to Jerusalem. So as you look at the passage we read, uh, through, through um, uh, chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, um, we find Paul is on his way, and he has quite a, obviously quite a group of people with him. And he's obviously on some kind of animal, probably a horse. But he fell to the ground, and right away he knows who's, who's speaking to you because he says, Who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, I am, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Um now, it's interesting that Paul saw a great light. Those with him hear, heard a voice, but they saw nothing. But Paul says right away, he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? And um, it's interesting how quick he changed from one wanting to to persecute the Lord and his, his brethren to one ready to say, what do you want me to do? And, of course, that would be a dramatic thing for any of us to be confronted and knocked off our horse. That would certainly Jesus got got Paul's attention that day. Um, so he led him to Damascus. Now the next part of the story is Acts 10 through 19, and I want to read the, those verses too. Um, and it says, Now there, were a certain, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here am I. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire of the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem and have he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying hands on, on him, he said, Brother Paul, the Lord said, who appeared to you on the road as, he, as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell, fell from his eyes 
something like scales, and he received the sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. And in verse 20 says, Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he was the Son of God. Now that's an amazing story. How fast a person's mind changed as a result of being confronted by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is such a message to all of us. I think about that. Uh, how does God change your culture? How does God changes the culture one life at a time? And every one of us has has our own choices to make. And we can go one way. And suddenly when we're confronted by the Lord Jesus Christ, we're ready to go another way. And so it's amazing in this case here. Uh, it is amazing, but it shouldn't be an amazing way because we, sh- we should be ready to see this kind of reaction to any person who's ready to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, who are the Holy Spirit's at work. Uh, and all we have to do is be the one who presents the message. So um, it's interesting, the conversation that Ananias had with the Lord, it was a two-way conversation in a, in a, 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 a vision. Um, and so Ananias, uh, first of all, it, uh, it's, it's one of those situations where uh, the Lord, where Ananias must have said, who, me, Lord? Are you sure you have the right person? Are you sure that I'm the... He said, first of all, are you sure that Paul's your your instrument? Are you sure the one you want me to do this? And then secondly, he said, are you sure I'm the one that you want to send? Or maybe there should be somebody else, because that certainly would be a scary thing. Ananias is in Damascus, and he knows that the word has come out, and that Saul is on his way to Damascus. And this event has happened. Um, but Ananias follows the Lord's instructions. Goes and lays hands on Paul. He, he is able to see again. Uh, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's bapti- baptized. And um, he eats and he's strengthened. Um now, just some things about Paul in terms of his ministry. Uh, in this lesson, I just want to talk about some things in general. And then uh, in a, a later lesson, I want to go into the latter chapters of Acts. But you could almost call the book of the Acts of the Apostles, you could almost call him the book of uh, the Acts of Paul because he shows up in chapter 7. And then he's in chapter mentioned in chapter 8, chapter 9 is salvation. Uh, and then 10 is, uh, he's not mentioned in chapter 10, but from 11 through 28, Paul is mentioned in every chapter of the book of Acts. And he's actually, in many of those cases, really the, the focal point of the ministry. But um, Paul, in a couple places, uh, in, in Romans 12, 12, he says, rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation. A continuing constant in prayer, and so that was uh, his his uh, th- that was really uh, Paul's Paul's ministry in terms of being ready to serve the Lord in every situation. And if you think about those those verses about you've got the rejoicing and hope is really uh, mental health. You have uh, patient, um, just all the needs we have: mental health, heart health, spiritual health. Is in that verse, and also in First Corinthians, First Thessalonians five, 
verse 18, he says something very similar where he says, um, uh, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And um, so we, we're um, in, in several of the books. Um, Paul is really uh, the one who really teaches us about grace. We're saved by grace. In fact, we go to Ephesians. We go to the book of Ephesians. We'll find that the word grace is mentioned 12 times in that one book. It's really incredible how uh, Paul really, uh, really connected in with the, the message of grace. And, of course, grace is really the great bank account that we draw on by faith. And Paul has certainly understood that. And so in the book of Ephesians especially, He's teaching us about what grace is. And then in, in uh, Philippians, um, he, and it's interesting in Philippians, in eight, in eight different, in, uh, that the word rejoice is mentioned ten times in the book of Philippians. And so that certainly connects in with the rejoicing in hope, one of the scriptures I mentioned earlier, Romans 12, 12. Um, and Paul um he um, learned to be content, uh, and he didn't learn it by comfort and convenience. Paul was, uh, uh, in, in his ministry, was uh, oftentimes imprisoned. He was beaten. Uh, he, wasn't not, he was not very well received by those of people who did not want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the way it is for us today. We can uh, find a person who's ready to receive the, the message, or he may doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Or we can find that we're being persecuted or turned away as a result of mentioning the Lord Jesus Christ in a conversation. But at the same time, we need to be ready to um, share the gospel at all times. And so Paul's life really is uh, shows that the physical aspect of life is matter of fact. It's temporary and that by the grace of God, we can rise above circumstances, physical circumstances and other circumstances that we have. And the maturity growing up is really a matter of choice, making a choice. Um, and so um, everything about Paul goes back to his finding joy in the relationship with Christ. Um, I have a cherry tree in my backyard. In fact, I'm downstairs looking out. Uh, this cherry tree has been there for a lot of years. I planted it myself probably 20 years ago. And... Um, Mistake I made, actually, I planted it in a place where there's uh, some tall pines and other trees behind it. And so that poor tree has always been looking for sunlight. Now, this tree actually blossoms twice a year. It's got blossoms on it right now. But this tree has reached out to the west uh, in terms of where it's at just to catch the sunlight, getting further and further away from the things that are blocking the light. And I, I'm just thinking about... Paul the other day and how that tree reminds me of Paul's life. Regardless of his circumstances, he's always reaching uh, towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, at the same time, uh, I'm afraid this tree is going to fall out one of these days because it's so out of balance. And so our life has to be balanced, though, too, in terms of keeping our feet firmly on the ground and established. Uh, but at the same time, reaching out to the Lord. So... Um, and then so Paul tells us that um, 
one of, one of the scriptures is, scriptures is Philippians 1 and 6, where he said, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the day of Christ Jesus. At the same time, in the next chapter, one of the verses he tells us that we need to work at our salvation with fear and trembling. And that's not about receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. It's about walking out this life and, and living, always looking for the opportunity to serve Jesus, always striving as Paul would say, uh, striving to the high part, the high calling of Jesus Christ and uh, looking for the blessed hope that would come. And, and coming to the end of our lives uh, where we have really kept kept our eye on him, renewing our, renewing our mind every day as we go and being careful uh, to stay in the way. Um, Paul was a human. I was, uh, I've spent a lot of time in 1 Corinthians 15 over the last few years. Um, I just noticed the other day, um, in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, he's asking, he's answering a question about relationships, especially about the marital relationship. And he gets down to the end of that chapter and he says, um, he says, uh, and he's so honest. He says, this is my judgment, but I think I have the mind of the Spirit of God. And I thought that's really cool. He's answering a question for somebody and he's coming, he says, he admits, he's, I'm coming from my own judgment, but at the same time, I think I have the Spirit. And so, in that case, Paul was really admitting that he's human and he's dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And there's many times in, in the book of Acts where uh, Paul is, is uh, hears directly from the Holy Spirit in terms of something. And then there's situations in the book of Acts, too. We're going to talk about some of these in the next lesson where um, uh, Paul uh, is actually he, he's been told by two different people that he shouldn't go to Jerusalem. But nevertheless, he goes. And so I, I wonder about that in terms of my own, own walk and wondering sometimes have I heard from the Lord or not. And so it's really a question of if you think you've heard from the Lord, you take the nudge. And you take a step and see if, Lord, if the Lord is in it. And I think Paul had a number of situations where he heard directly from the Lord and other situations where it was through somebody else a word was given that he may have been acted contrary to and other places where he had to make up his own choices as a result of what he felt like the Lord was telling, telling him. So um, now if we... Um, Oh, the other one I, I did want to mention too, whereas in 1 Corinthians 7, I felt like uh, Paul did a great job of answering the person's question. But then in another case, Paul could be, I felt like, quite human because in 1 Corinthians 15, he goes through a great discourse on, in fact, I feel like 1 Corinthians 15 is really the, it's the one chapter in the Bible that goes way beyond Revelation because it's where everything is wrapped up and time will be no more and, and everything is all God, God will be all in all. So Paul goes through a, a great discourse, and, and first of all, uh, really proving that Jesus did rise from the dead. Then he goes through some verses in terms of uh, how the, the Lord Himself will give up the kingdom and give it all to the Father after His own enemies are destroyed. And then Paul goes into a section talking about resurrection and how he compares it to. 
uh, how the, how a, a seed dies and how our bodies will be resurrected. And then in verse 36, he's not very kind. It either says, you foolish person, or you ask a foolish question. I think it's actually you foolish person. After this great um, discourse on some very complicated things, Paul would say to somebody, you foolish person. So I think Paul was like us. Sometimes he would allow himself to um, be, be very human and be very direct, and he called people down. And other times he would be really operating in the Lord and uh, really uh, bringing about, uh, uh, responding to people with uh, more hope than he, what he showed in 1 Corinthians 15, 36. Um, I just mentioned that not as a judgment of Paul, but as an example again of how Paul was human. He's used of the Lord greatly. We are so indebted to him for the work, all the, mis- the mysteries that God revealed to Paul through his writings. And so I uh, don't want to go away from today that somebody says, well, you're kind of hard on Paul. Well, I just see, see Paul as great as he was in terms of his knowledge and his ability. And like my granddaughter Madeline shared at the beginning, he knew his purpose and he was used greatly as the Lord. He was trained and when he met the Lord, he was ready to serve. And that's the way each one of us are. Each one of us is the way that we should be too. So uh, that's my message for today. I... Uh, Appreciate the opportunity to be here today. I'm sorry I had a, I came without my sword this morning. That wasn't a very good example. But uh, anyway, let me just uh, pray us out. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you are the living word. And it's wonderful how you used, uh, uh, you walked this life. You showed us how to live. And yet you've used uh, people like Paul and the other apostles to show us in their lives, how to live. And so we have these words written by Paul and others in terms of how we're to live out as you uh, direct our lives. And so I thank you and praise you this morning for the, the living Lord in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I bless you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. From the seed of Abraham.